You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello everyone and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast. And we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send your questions to our mailbag and comments, good ones, not so good ones, at letstalktorah at gmail.com. That's letstalktorah at gmail.com. And I will answer as many as I can. Of course, if you live in our area, we had snow. Yay, snow. I know all you people complain when there's snow. I like snow. Now that they clean the streets, my kids can go in the backyard and make their igloos and their, I don't know, piles of snow and dig and tunnels are out there for hours. Fantastic. Except my kid lost a glove in school and we're going to have to give him one of mine. But in any case, now that the important stuff is over, um, it's always fun to get back with friends. And Sandy, Sandy Rosen has come back to join us again, so I must have been kind last time. Sandy, how are you today? I'm doing reasonably well, thanks, Rabbi. Thank you. And your voice doesn't sound so terrible, almost like mine. A little raspy, a little gravelly, not so bad. Like if I had been smoking four packs a day for the last 20 years, I think maybe it'd be kind of like this. But Pretty much. But, you know, a distinctive voice is a good thing. I was actually speaking to someone who I'm hoping to bring on the show in about a month, so she says to me, you know, you sound exactly like you do when I listen to your show. I said, well, yes, hello, th- this is my voice, this is me. It's imagine not like, that. Can you imagine that? You sound just like yourself. I, yes, I do sound exactly like myself, and I like that. Anyways, um, as you know, and we're going to talk a lot today, Purim is around the corner, but I must tell you a fantastic thing that happened in the hallways of Yeshiva Starche Torah today. So you've been by the building, you know course, where yeah. you know where we are. So down the block is another school. Do you know what school's down the block? Uh, UHS. No, we're uh, UHS. Oh, we're the we're old UHS. UHS. Oh, man, that was a that was a faux pas. Um, no. The old well it was Akiva. Now they're right. known as Farber. Okay. So they they're about I don't know three blocks down. I'm talking like a New Yorker. Yeah, if you were on the corner, they're by the traffic light by by Engelnook by the park. Okay. So I don't know who started this. But for years already, um, the high school boys from then Akiva, now Farber, they come marching in and they dance with us. Now remember, they're big kids, like really big kids. They're all bigger than me. And we're in elementary school. So they come in and they come in singing Purim songs. And we march all the kids into the, into the gym and we dance five, ten minutes. Such a good time. Sounds Such, great. It is fantastic. Now they really are supposed to come yesterday. Because they want to come on Rosh Chodesh, in the beginning of the month of Adar. When Adar comes, we're all happy, we're getting ready for Purim. But um, they were off, because Southfield, in their wisdom, closed, closed the buses. The yeah. Why they shut down the busing? There was no snow on the ground yesterday. Today, okay. But yesterday morning, no snow. But they have all these snow days in the bank. Mm. So what are they going to do with them? So they gave them away. But that meant Akiva shut their doors. Farber, it wasn't open. No, Southfield busting, they're closed. We don't shut our doors 
unless it's dangerous to travel. So we ended school a little early to get home before the rush hour. But they didn't come yesterday. I thought maybe they weren't coming. They came today. We put some pictures up. I probably couldn't see them, but you'll watch later. There are pictures behind me. So, um, But that was really fun. That was really cool. But now, let's get in. You know, If yesterday was Rosh Chodesh, that means in two weeks from yesterday is one of my favorite holidays, the holiday of Purim. So I wanted to ask you, what memories, and we're going to talk all about Purim, but um, what memories, childhood memories, if any, do you have of Purim? Oh, the Purim Carnival. Okay, good. Talk yeah. to me. Tell well, me. What happened? I, you know, I grew up in Mount Clemens, and when I was a kid, Mount Clemens was, I'd call it a bustling um, Jewish town. You know, that's um, it's much uh, smaller and sparse now. But uh, we had a synagogue, and, and uh, we would have a carnival in the in the basement of the of the synagogue, and the uh, sisterhood and B'nai B'rith or whatever would set up booths with, you know, throwing darts at balloons and things like that. And we would win, win little trinkets and prizes and stuff, and people would dress up, and there would be a costume contest. It was great. Did you ever win a costume contest? I don't think so. <laughs> What did you dress? What, what did Sandy Rosen dress up like? Oh, gosh, that's a long time ago, Rabbi. I don't can't remember. Probably whatever my you know my mom uh, had a certain knack for that. So uh, no, you know she probably dressed me up as you know Haman or Achshverosh, like uh, you know like like most of the kids. Like most of the kids, yeah. So uh, my kids have run the gamut as the years have gone on. Most of them are not that creative. Like my son this year wants to be George Washington. What's oh. George Washington in Perm? No idea. Right. He wants George Washington. He's the youngest, you understand. Right. The youngest wants George Washington. The youngest gets George Washington. Um, I've don't, had, don't give him an axe. Actually, believe it or not, he one what, the well, one the part one of the prop. prop that he made himself. He got clay recently, and he's walking around with his clay axe. Okay. So, yeah, and he keeps asking me, is it true? Is it not true? Did he chop down cherry trees? I said, hello, you needed wood in those days. Everybody probably yeah. chopped down cherry trees. So I wasn't sure. But, uh, like, you know, the, the girls want to be pretty or they want to be Vashti or Esther. My daughter wanted to be a, a Hasidic lady one year. So we came up with a costume for her. And one year my son wanted to be, I think he wanted to be Mordechai. So he decided that Mordechai wore a brown robe. Okay. And this was very important to him. I said, how do you know he wore a brown robe? He says, ta, in the picture book, it's a brown robe. Must be. Yeah, he wore good. a brown robe. So you artists out there, please understand the power of your artistry. Because my son is convinced of your truth because you made it brown. If it would have been blue... It'd be blue. Well, if it had been blue, then the artist probably would have depicted it as blue. So, so you're on the no, artist no, side. No. Yeah, you're clearly on the artist side. Okay, I accept. If you think the artist knows better, what do I know? No. But um, yeah, so it's all. But let's now that we know. Yeah, perm carnivals. We actually had one in school yesterday. It was a very toned down. Right. So the kids didn't go like over the top. Um, but the sixth graders made also like a carnival, roll, I don't know, knock off balls and hit hum on a race. I don't even know all the things they did. Jump over sure. a bar, a fish for I don't know what. But right. the kids loved it. Right. They loved it. My third graders were there. Fourth graders were there. We danced. We sang. Should have brought another picture. I don't, again, I don't know how these things happen. Um, but many years ago, so, and every beginning of the month, we had pizza for the boys, and it used to be we took turns telling stories. 
So we're past that now. Now we have to do like a carnival or scavenger hunt or or races. We we got I don't know more fancy. Somehow I created a story, and I and it's just a story. It was a made up city. It was from an old. I don't know if you ever saw this. It was called Alamenu. When we were kids, there was this the day schools got a magazine called Olamenu. Um, and there were a few different characters and stories came out once a month. And there was this story about some town in the U.S. and the mayor hated uh, the holiday of Purim because his great-great-grandfather was Haman. So he always tried to ruin Purim and, and somebody in the city always protected the city. That's the gist of the story. You made the story up. No, I didn't. Oh, they, oh, you, oh okay. Sorry. What I did was I added a character. And I called the character Mr. Banana because... With like first and second and third graders, there are certain words you can say and they laugh for no other reason except that they think they're supposed to laugh. <laughs> so I, I have this character with a Mr. Banana who squeezes the banana and the banana floats in the air and he, he gulps the banana, he throws the banana peel and the mayor will slip on the banana peel. <laughs> so, so the plot line is about 45 seconds long and the bananas and sliding and slipping is the next 25 minutes. Somebody told me, again, I'm, you know, it takes me time to figure these things out. He says, you got to get a banana costume. He said, a banana <laughs> costume? So I have one of these yellow slide-over foam. You know, put my hands through with a thing on top. My face is in a circle. It says, Chiquita Banana. That was an advertisement. We will bill you for that. Um, and I tell the story in this costume. And it's not even a secret anymore. It's like they're all harassing me. Okay, so are you putting on the costume? When are you putting on the costume? When are you telling the story? And, and there's there's really nothing to the story. It's just bad guys tried to ruin Purim. Good guys took care of it. Or bad guy was so clueless he couldn't even ruin Purim. And and I tell the story and they laugh. Yeah. And that's all part well, of the, the fun. Slipping on a banana. That's a that's a home run. It's an automatic laugh. It's like automatic. I, I identify well with second graders. I'm 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 really amused. Yeah, so am I. That's why I teach my third grade, because that's pretty much the, the, the point where I can make them laugh, and they listen to me, and they behave, and they're not bigger than me. It's all good. Okay, with all this fun talk about Purim, let's, let's get a little bit into the meat and potatoes. Hey, before we move on, I, I yes. forgot you asked me what I remembered about Purim, and I oh. talked all about the fun stuff, but I didn't mention the McGillar eating. Okay. And we had these little metal Gregors with the little plastic gear inside, yes. and we would. And they didn't work so around. good. You had to have a yeah. good wrist. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was like a tab on the back that was bent in, and if it was in a good position, they they worked pretty well. And uh, that was another thing that we that we pretty well looked forward to. And they at our synagogue, they had. Um, you know, I suppose every synagogue has its mechanism for getting people quiet down so they continue the reading. And they uh, somebody took a head like a, like a like a, a, the, the thing you would put a wig on or something. If it would you call it, you know? And uh, they painted it up to be Humman. And they, and when Humman's name was read, they would hold it up, and all the kids could make the noise. But when they put the head down, everybody had to be quiet. That is cool, because where I go, there's always some character that as soon as everybody's finished. He starts. Could be a she also, but usually a he. Usually somebody older. And the problem is that you're really not allowed to talk when they're reading the Megillah. So how do you stop the guy? (laughs) You can't yell at him. And it's usually like, oh, whatever. There's actually, which I'm not so happy about, um, in Detroit they do something where they only make noise by the first five Haymans and maybe the last five. Uh. Because it's like 50 of them, or 54 or something. I don't remember the number. 
So you could be there for an extra 45 minutes, but you know, that's the whole fun. My, my kids are sitting there. They're not following along. They pretend to follow along. They just want to know when's Haman. And, and, and they have more, I don't know, tchotchkes to swing and make noise and bang and guns and shoot and who knows what. Right. I say, I think you do whatever you want. Just stop when it sounds like they're stopping, and don't bother me to fix your toy. Just just do that for me. <laughs> Two simple rules. Very, very simple. Because, I, you know, I bang my feet a little bit. I'm so busy trying to concentrate on the story that my kids make the noise for me. Right. Yeah, but that's okay. I right. am glad you have those two childhood memories. But what do you do as an adult? Um, well, I don't know if it's a proper subject matter, but, you know, uh, what is it? Drink until you can't tell the difference between... Uh, oh, so you're uh, very careful about that law. Yeah, well, not very careful, you know, because there's always the, you know, the the, uh, the, the next morning disease that you have to pay back. And, yeah, so and you drink a lot of water. The, yeah, drink, oh, yeah. Drink a lot oh, of water, okay, wake up, take an aspirin. Advice, I suppose? Yes, okay. well, a little experience. My, yeah. my once a year getting a little tipsy, and my wife says, you didn't really drink that much. And I said, you know, a bottle for me is about all I can handle. <laughs> but um, a bottle of what? Yeah. Oh, um, but uh, no. I, the feast. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, as an adult, I, I've been to some some really nice boring feasts. They need you so. closer to the mic. They, uh, or to... they need the mic closer to you. I'm okay. not sure which one matters. Oh, I'll do a little bit of both. Cool. So uh, I'm not sure if you heard what I said, but uh, oh, I, I enjoy everything. the feasts. You know, and I've got some friends who put together a lot of good food and uh, and some nice drink and and read the. Megillah and and uh, people come door to you know people come knocking on the door for uh, tzedakah and it's a lovely time. Oh, cool! So let you know, let's take it slow. Maybe we'll do the story in the next segment. In our next show, we'll figure it out what, what how our day is going to take us. But there, there's actually four basic mitzvos commands. They happen to all be rabbinic because obviously the the story of uh, of uh, the Megillah, the story of Esther and Mordechai and Achashverosh and Haman takes place do you know when it takes place where or when when no okay so historically so before the roman empire right before the greek empire was the persian empire right so if the roman empire is about uh, 2000 years ago and that greek empire lasted its couple hundred years so before that, so you figure in the 2500 range, approximately between the first and second temple, is when the story of Purim takes place, but that's during the Persian Empire. Okay, got it. So now historically, we've got a, we've got a slot for it. So, um, okay, so now we know when Purim took place. So there's four basic commands. So, oh, I know I told you that. I told you that because obviously the Torah, I say obviously, the Torah we received 3300 years ago. So you got a good 800-year separation. So the Megillah is not technically the, uh, uh, a, a command from God to Moses. Okay. However, the Megillah is one of the 24 books that the compromise Tanakh. the Tanakh. It's right. the, written, the written law. So the rabbis created four laws, four commands on the celebration of the holiday. So we talked about two of them. We'll get a little more into it. The first one is reading the story. Right. We read the story because we, we want to know that, like it's happened numerous times in history, they wanted to destroy us, and God said it's not happening, and how it didn't happen is the miracle of the entire story, which we'll get into. So it is important that everybody come and hear the story of the Megillah, 
that's called Pirsume Nisa. We, we want, I say the world, we want the Jewish world to know how God saved us. What was the story? What happened? Perhaps what did we do wrong? What did we do right? And how God saved us? That's the story. That's the first command. That's not the story. That's the first command. So the first command is we read the Megillah actually at night and then again the next morning. Some people, you, you got to read out of a scroll. That's the, uh, right. the better way to read it. Um, it's nicer to read it when there's a big crowd. It's just, it's, first of all, it's, it's more fun. But even forget about the fun part, it's... it's um, Spreading the message. Yeah, more, yeah. It, the message just gets out better when you're in a crowd. Right. But sometimes for my wife, I read it at home. I have a scroll at home. Well, it's portable, so it comes with me to synagogue. Do you and chant I, it? I do. Yeah, okay. I do. I love it. I've been practicing. It takes me a long time to prepare. A long time. And doesn't it have its own set of tropes or the yes. tropes are unique to the Megillah? I love that. Too. I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And they joke there's a few sad parts in the middle because there's sad things happening to us. So the joke is that people like me enjoy the sad tune. And the really sad part is I actually do enjoy the sad tune. I like I get a kick out of how the sad tune, sad tune you goes. You enjoy the music. Yeah, it's just that that, 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 that somber sound. I, I right. like it. Right, right. Whether good or not good, I, I, I just like yeah. it. It's supposed to be sad, but yeah. I like it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with you know, liking a sad song. Right. So, But here's an interesting thought before we get into the whole story of it. But again, we basically know the story. The um, And again, we'll expound on it, but uh, Haman wants to destroy the Jewish people. Uh, Mordechai tells Esther to go tell the king we got to get rid of Haman. Um Mordechai is told let the people fast for three days. They're going to fast for three days. Esther's going to go to the king. Um, she's going to have two parties with Haman. At the second party, she's going to accuse Haman of trying to kill her because Ahasuerus didn't know who she was, that she was Jewish at least. Haman is hung. And uh, so, and then they have to work on counteracting the original decree. Right. That's the gist of it. Now, the thing to keep in mind is this is not our only time in history where people wanted to destroy us and they weren't successful. Correct. So why does this become the holiday? Like, why pick Purim? Again, great miracle. Don't get me wrong. Great miracle. But why is this the story that we want to tell over to say they wanted to destroy us, God helped us win, he saved us, and now we party? I don't know. I, I mean, I can, I, I can kick around a couple of possibilities, but I, uh, but uh, really can't say. I mean, uh, is in some respects we also there was a similar situation in the in Hanukkah. We celebrate Hanukkah, so Purim is not the only. It's not the only one. It's not the only. And okay. we make a much bigger so, deal about Purim. Right. I mean, they're both right. rabbinic. So on a, on a simple starting answer, um, there's there's some, there's underlying things in the Purim story. And that is, because let's talk Torah, we always talk Torah, there's two parts to the Torah. There's the written law, which we just talked about, and there's the oral. Right. So the Jewish people were not so happy that we have to accept the oral law. Rabbi comes, this rabbi says this, this rabbi makes this rule, this regulation. Why should I listen to the rabbis? That was a, it happens today, it happened then, it's ongoing. Why should I listen to the rabbis? The story of Purim taught the Jewish people that when we listen to the Mordechais of the world, and he was one of the head rabbis, he actually wasn't the top, he was number three and then number five, but by... He was, was he part of, he was a part of... 
Yes. The Sanhedrin or the Great Assembly? The Sanhedrin, the Great Assembly of 120. He was, yes, he was one of the members. Very good. Excellent. Very good. So um, we learn from the story of Purim that when great rabbis tell us to do something, it's in our best interest. It's not in their best interest. They're doing it for us because they get what God wants us to do. Mordechai, and again, when we talk about the story, in our, it's going to be in the next show. We're not going to get to it today. But in our second show, our part two, which will follow part one, which is usually how it works because part two comes after part one, even though I'm going to tell the story in part two, and we're doing the laws in part one, but you can listen out of order. I don't really care. But by listening to the rabbis... No spoilers here, though. No spoilers. Okay. Well, yes, spoilers. We want yeah. people to know what's going on. Yes, yeah. spoilers. Right? So, um, so when we listen to our rabbis... They, they understand what God wants. Mordechai understood we have to fast for a few days. Mordechai understood the children have to be learning Torah. Mordechai understood he should not bow down to Haman, even though everybody thought that he should bow down to Haman. Right? right. So the, once we saw that by listening to Mordechai, we actually won, so it changed our mindset. We said, you know, these rabbis are not just smarter than us. They really know what God wants. Because there's too many miracles taking place throughout the story, which we're going to do in the next, in part two. There's too many miracles taking place that we should not listen to the rabbis. They're just telling us what God wants. So actually we re-accepted the the Torah, the oral Torah, willingly on Purim. So therefore, Purim became a major holiday. So we have three other mitzvahs to discuss. So when we discuss the party, so... Why do we party? I mean, it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't love wine, but I enjoy the party. Why? Um, well, I mean, it's a celebration. Uh, but you yourself said it. You don't celebrate at home for the most part. You go to friends. Right. Friends come to you. You right. go to friends. Right. Part of the Purim spirit, which is what we talked about at the beginning of the show, is friendship, is being together, is caring about one another, is loving one another. You do that when you get together with friends and family. Right. So the rabbi said, we want you to get together and party. Okay. So right? uh, so partying by yourself is not uh, does not fulfill the mitzvah? It fulfills it, but, but it, it misses what we want. Okay, I gotcha. And that really leads to the next two things you talked about. You said people come to the house, they want charity. Yep. Charity is sharing. Yep. That means I care about somebody else. I'm not in it for myself. There's other people in the world. I have to worry about other people. I need to make sure other people are happy. So charity is a big deal. And there's one more. Mishalach Manos. What's Mishalach Manos? You have to give gifts of at least two items to at least two people or three people. Um, two food gifts two. to one person. To one. And it happens to be two part two amounts of charity. I don't care, a dollar oh. each, five dollars okay. each, of charity to two poor people. So two poor people are going to oh, okay. receive charity. And at least one person is going to receive what's called Mishalach Manos, which is okay. food, edible food. Right? Right. Don't give them flour. Two types. Right? Don't give them raw meat. Right. right. But it's two types of food. My son just told me it could be two pieces of meat for the same price. Eh, fruit, food, potato kugel, candy, whatever makes people happy. And that's also for the same reason. Right? We, we, give, we, we give food because when I send you food... That's friendship. Right. When I give you, which is anyways a, a fascinating concept. As long as it's good food. Well, yeah. If it's not good food, then I'm going to yeah, turn around and give it to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, you're going to wonder why. Anyway, yeah. You know, the food comes pouring in, and you sort of look. Oh, I like this. Okay, this will go in the cabinet. This I don't need. Okay, if we need to, we'll give this away to somebody else. Yeah. Like so, ham. You know. 
it's actually fantastic because in my in in my neighborhood, we must have talked about this. I spend more time helping my children give food presents to their friends. I can give to a couple of neighbors. Right. I don't have time because right. I need to spend hours making my children happy, which is fascinating because it's the whole point of everything. The whole point is we want to share friendship. We want everybody to be friendly, loving, caring, and I do that when I go ahead and I give. So if my kids do it to their friends, then I, then I win because now my friend, fr- my kids are adding to friendship right, right. and here comes my music that means part one of my show with Sandy is about to end but we're going to have another show with uh, well whenever we broadcast it but me and Sandy have another show but we got to thank everybody so thank you to our wonderful sponsors and listeners you know I couldn't do without you thank you to my wonderful production team we have Kelsey, Angel, Stephen and Andy back there I hope I've left you some food for thought until next time, I'm Rabbi Sweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast with my friend Sandy Rosen. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.